Hey, Blenders, on this week's show, the Golden Globes results, a man called Otto hits theaters, and Tom Hanks returns to the Real Blend podcast. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello, Blenders, and welcome. Welcome to episode number 244 of Real Blend, a podcast that kicks off 2023 with the return of a very special guest, friend of the show, Mr. Tom Hanks. Mm. Uh, on this week's show, we're going to be discussing the return of the Golden Globes, and we're going to break down the wins that mattered the most and a couple of the losses that turned our heads. Uh, we're going to review A Man Called Otto, and because that film is reaching theaters, uh, an interview we've been teasing for a little bit <laughs> is finally going to air on the Real Blend podcast. It is Tom Hanks coming back to Real Blend uh, to discuss not just Otto, but uh, his career and uh, and his uh, his time spent with the Chuckle Club. And uh, as, <laughs> as you guys will see, this is less of an interview and more um, Tom Hanks breaking our, our chops for, <laughs> for 30 minutes <laughs> in the best way possible. Um my name is Sean O'Connell. I'm the managing editor at Cinema Blend. I'm joined each week, as always, and in the year 2023 by Jake Hamilton of Fox 32 in Chicago and the biggest Tom Hanks fan on the podcast. Hi, Jakey. How are you? My man, we're just I mean, I we we say this all the time, but like the fact that somehow I live a life where I was in London, wrapped an interview with James Cameron. And before I did an interview with Harrison Ford, I got to sit down with my best friends and hang out with Tom Hanks. The fact that that is an actual, accurate, <laughs> true statement and not just a mad lib, hopeful pie in the sky yeah. fantasy dream uh, blows my mind. And it's a it's a little of appreciation and a good attitude to start out 2023. Pretty wild. Um, and then Kevin McCarthy of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C., who uh, is hoping that we get Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer later this year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Welcome hey, to 2023. Good to see you guys. I think uh, the last time we did a, an actual show, I think I left early to go see the Oppenheimer trailer. That's right. Uh, That's and, right. And, oh, yeah, and, uh, and it was we phenomenal. We talked so much shit when you left. I know. I, I, I need to go back and listen to it. No, but I'm very excited about that. But yeah, the Tom Hanks interview we did over a month ago. So we've been sitting oh on God. this for yeah. a while. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, Sean, you know, we, I don't even want to oversell it. We'll get to it, but th there's a lot of great stuff in there if you're a fan of his work. So absolutely. Um, housekeeping. Oh, and hello to Gabe Kobach, who's joining the uh, show in the producer's chair. Wow. What a, what, a, what a, oh, by the way, Gabe's here. It's, that's not yeah. true. That's not true. Gabe is uh, integral, integral to the show and to I'm the, in the to shadows, success. Jake. I'm in the shadows. Gabe, Gabe is also uh, rocking an old school real blend shirt. Yeah. Like, is this old school? You know, it's funny you say old school because yeah. I put this on and I said, we need to make a new yeah. t shirt this year. Is that the ones my dad made? No, Those no, this is uh, the one we did for we charity. Made. Oh, yeah, that's right. So we gotta, that's right. We gotta, you know, not to get too behind the scenes, we gotta talk about a charity we want to support this year and maybe put a shirt together. I don't know. I don't know. It's 2023. Oh, Opportunities. I, I, if I that listen, thing I, yeah. becomes a shirt, I would never take it off. Why? If what becomes if, a shirt? If the, if the thing that we were talking about, the, that potential idea that's been rolling around like a boulder. Wait, that's not a, that's not an indie reference. The, the, the charity that we've, that we were talking about, that we were, oh, I thought you were referencing, never mind, cut no. the whole part out. Okay. No, I'll keep I, it I, in. I, Folks I, at I, home, what the hell I, is he talking about? I don't know what Jake's talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure okay, well, just going to say that. The, the idea that we came up with uh, for Tom Hanks. Oh, 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 oh,
bunch yeah, of yeah, assholes. Yeah. I mean, no, we haven't I discussed that in a month and two weeks. I don't remember <laughs> well, that conversation. I remember every conversation we ever have. <laughs> About yeah, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. If you're watching us on YouTube, hello. Thank you for joining us. You're going to get Tom Hanks uh, in video format shortly. Uh, if you're just listening in your audio podcast uh, format and you would like to f- see the visual aspect of the show, head to YouTube.com backslash Real Blend Podcast. While you're over there, hit subscribe. Uh, and then every Friday morning when the new show drops right around 730 p.m. EST, uh, do the math for whatever your time is. You guys can join the, uh, what did I say? PM? 7.30 AM. You, you literally had a one and two shot. To get it did right. I say, and did I say PST or EST? <laughs> <laughs> we're all really new to this. Again, we're going to be shaking off some cobwebs. We haven't done the show in a you while. You know, we used to be an awards show. Listen, well, people, yeah. people don't know, it, we may have only been gone for one week, but we recorded everything like well in advance. So you haven't done an <laughs> yeah. intro to a show in like, no. Two or three weeks. Yeah. It's, been, it's a while. been a while. And also, yeah, last time we recorded a show, Avatar was number one in the in America. It's still is. It still is. is. Oh, yeah. I've determined that 2023 is going to be like a 50% year for me, also. So um <laughs> I'm setting the bar. Like kinda, kinda Aren't low. you writing a book? Yeah, but that's like the, all it, the 50%. The yeah, second half of the year, it. once he turns that in, he's doing nothing. <laughs> the brain is mush after yeah. that. Also, point. I do want to mention Sean talks about our, our 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 YouTube channel and and the video portion of it. And like every week I do recommend checking out the video. I know a lot of people listen to our show via audio, but the Tom Hanks interview and some of like the interviews we've done recently, like mm-hmm. with Damien Chazelle and uh Gamma del Toro, it's really kind of cool to get the video aspect of it. I would recommend it just because uh, it is a different feel, it's a different vibe. We're kind of all looking at each other. The, the Hanks one in particular, which I know we're going to get to shortly, uh, there's just a visual component to that interview that I think would work really well. So maybe if you do listen to it on audio, definitely try and go home later and just, at least just pull that section of the show up. It's really fun. I'll so. tease it this way. We get full like comedy actor Tom Hanks bits. It's physical it's comedy. Bits. Yeah, physical like, comedy. Like really funny so, physical and sometimes comedy. Sometimes I would argue, and, and it's... I'm not talking about myself, all of us. There are moments that he like is answering or talking about certain films where all of us just have visual reactions to yeah. what he's saying. And sometimes just oh, like watching it for re- you guys. I just kind of leave it on Hanks, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's some like this is like money pit physical comedy level Tom Hanks stuff. Like it's classic <laughs> Tom Hanks. It's great. Also, so. yeah, and, and when you watch in the video, I do like when people uh, take pictures of their television screens. And yes. Like, hey, about yes. Anastasia, cool. right? So, Anastasia, one yes. of our fans. She does yes. that. Yes, does that yeah, all the time. So. I appreciate that tweet that. every week. Oh, you see yeah. it on the TV. It's cool. It is very cool. Um, all right. So why don't we uh, throw to Tom Hanks? Uh, Gabe, you want to come in and give people a bit of a bit of a uh, warning before. We yeah, just a quick this. warning. It's not like an official spoiler warning. Um, it's a very casual conversation, as you will hear. And it's it's fantastic because of that. So I don't have timestamps to give you. It would kind of be laborious and it wouldn't really help you that much. So I just want to give you um, a general warning that if there's anything in Tom Hanks's catalog that you've been waiting to to finish or, or catch up on, uh, he might touch on it here and there when he's talking about answering some of our questions um in particular what i can say is he he does go at length about road to perdition um talking a lot about certain character deaths and the end of that and and it is fantastic um and he gets into the weeds about some of the like underlying meaning of that and so it's not i really didn't want to cut it out and make it like its own separate thing it really take away from again how special i think this is so i'm just giving you a general warning i know that if you're super sensitive to that this isn't the best way to handle it but just, you know, hover over that pause button, maybe if that's something you're concerned about. Um, but if not, 
you'll live either way, I think. And it is fantastic. And worth yeah, there's nothing like astronomical, nothing Marvel level spoiler. Like, no, like it's, it's just, it's just, just like, like character yeah. deaths and stuff like yeah. that, which I would understand, you know, if it, it, it can be upsetting the mom. So I'm just letting you know that, that you may get spoiled on something you haven't seen. That's 20 plus years old, but <laughs> exactly. All right. For the rest of you. Continue on, because here's Tom Hanks returning to the Real Blend podcast. Oh, look at him. Look at these sad hey! little. Which one is, <laughs> what is, which one is Sean? Which one is Jake? Which one is Kevin? Oh, I don't care. You just sweet guys. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to remember your names anyways, guys. I'm too famous. I only hear Sir? my own. I only hear my own. Sir, this is this is the Chuckle Club, and it's Manny Moe oh, and Jack. I, oh, I remember here. the Chuckle Club. Yeah, Manny Moe and Jack, Larry Moe and Curly, Harco, yes, Chico, Zeppo, or as I like to call them, Oh, Sean, Jake, and Kevin—they got together fast. Sean, Jake, and Kevin—they weren't going to ever last. There you go. That's our new theme song. That's a good. That, that's that, all we need. We appreciate right. you. That's ring tone. That's right. Ring tone. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Actually, that is a tune that is very expensive. You won't be able to. Uh, you won't be able to march in, uh, merchant. What is it? License that that tune. I can't get Playtone to help me out with that. Come on. Well, you know, I, I somebody's. It's transcribing those notes down right now, and it's going to be owned by my publishing company that I make about seventeen. <laughs> I make about seventeen cents a year based on some soundtracks that I provide. I guess that's just that thing you do. That's right, my friend. <laughs> Bang! Bang! And by the way, if you're going to bring up any movie from the past, that's the only one i'm allowing so don't bring up any of the other ones all right we got it. that's we got it. it we got you that's we, it we, we only have 30 minutes worth of splash questions that's all we have okay that's all we're doing. All right. <laughs> remember those mr tom hanks what about larry crown oh we all well come larry on crown now question? hey come I love on larry crown. be kind let me tell you no nope. th there's a number of movies i'd make over again and again and again and that thing you do and larry crown would be two of them uh, they're not Absolutely. a better way to spend your time that thing you do is such a great movie. Oh, I love that movie well, so much. I really let us officially let us officially start this interview by welcoming you back. We are very happy to have you back on the show. Good to be uh, back. We loved having you on for Elvis, and uh, we're very excited to speak with you again. We're all the three of us are in London, weirdly enough, for Why? the Avatar. How come the oh. Avatar world premiere? Okay, so, great, man. That's going to be time big. With you. So you're taking well, you're taking your time out from you know that mega brouhaha. Right, right, in right. Order, right. To, in order to chat with us, the sad little yeah. stepsister of Christmas Christmas uh, releases. I like to think we <laughs> took a time out from, from like, we took a time out from Auto to be able to do Avatar. Oh, there you go. I like that. I like that. A-V-A-T-A-R. Autotar. O-T-T-O-T-A-R. Starring um, Tom Hanks and Kate Blanchett in a melding of two different auto tar. You have the accent. That's right. How many movies this year can have tar in the title? I think not enough. That's great. Not someone, enough. someone did make an Avatar poster with the tar, like the, with this the thing over it. Was, it was there really was there like a blue creature going like this? <laughs> big big blue head. Big blue head. I can't wait. Next to Jake Sully. I can't wait. This, this is what happens at the end of the year, man, when all these movies start mushing together, you know? I love it when you talk. Here's, here's inside baseball talk. You, like, you talk to the studio. They say, oh, no, you don't understand. We are really going to be promoting a man called Otto in late December right. and January. I said, oh, that's great. As opposed to every other friggin' movie out there that will be doing the same exact thing. Thing, but I'm sure we'll cut through the clutter. Isn't that right, staff? 
<laughs> See, my staff agrees. They're agreeing that we're going to cut through that clutter. The, okay, but okay, the difference is that between your film and a lot of the other films right now is that your film is great. Ah, that's true. Hey! True. Hey! That's true. I believe that's a great. quote that's going on the poster. That's going to be on the one sheet. The Chuckle Club. <laughs> Yes, credit to the Chuckle Club. Um, Mr. Hanks, let's start here. In a movie that has a lot to do with soulmates, that has so much to do with soulmates, um, what does it mean to you to have Rita uh, contribute a beautiful original song to the soundtrack? Oh, my God. Oh, listen, uh, I've been watching my, uh, I've been watching Rita. I have all the Rita Wilson's records, by the way. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I should hope so. Big fans. I'm a massive big fan. And I've been carrying her lip gloss backstage now for over 10 years of public appearances. (laughs) As she, as she as she sings, um, uh, look, I, I happen to I am married to a woman who is an artist. You know, she has always had this story to tell deep inside her, and she was has always been searching for uh, the right media that was most comfortable for her. And about fifteen years ago, she found it in in singing and songwriting, and she goes at it twenty four hours a day like living with Picasso and she's always got a she's always got a stub of charcoal and there's always a piece of paper that she's always creating some sort of magic on and she does it she does it constantly and um it is not only a pleasure to behold because I like what the output is but I also like the I like the process I like mm-hmm. being with somebody who is always has this other artistic bent in their head along with everything else and mm-hmm. uh the great thing for me is, is I, I don't pay any attention to it until literally this artist I'm married to says, would you like to hear what we've been working on? I said, if, oh, wow. if, you, want, if you want to play it, sure. I don't need to see process. I'm not interested in the process. But when you've got something that is close to saying what it is that you want to say, I get to mm-hmm. hear it with absolutely, completely fresh ears. And so mm-hmm. I, and I hear something that is magnificent, just, just thematically the way the the way the song goes, it makes me want to ask her, did you, did you produce this movie just so you could put the song at the, <laughs> at the I mean, you could just text her and ask her right now while we're, while we're in the, hey, dude, you're obviously not married and you don't know what that could open up now. Do you, <laughs> do you, you don't, you don't, you ignorant single punk. You don't know anything about what I, what I like is is that both both of these things, Virginia. When we first when we first saw the original movie, and let, let's not discount, A Man Called Ova is a magnificent, beautiful motion picture all into itself. A Man sure. Called Otto is a different thing, but uh, it, it, well, let's not let's not take away from the DNA. And both of us were watching that movie together, and I was thinking what what uh, what Rita said. She said. This could really work in our country. This could really work as a movie that could speak to all of us. We don't have to be Swedish in order to get this. She's absolutely right. Sure. So we began uh, we began pursuing it. And I'm going to say whenever that movie, it's probably like a seven or eight year process of the same thing that goes into the way she writes music and the way I write other things, which is it just percolates. It sits there and just it just goes and goes and goes. And what happens is you get lucky and you end up adding other collaborative collaborators like Mark Forster and then David McGee and then everybody else that comes along with it. And the end result is a story, believe it or not, that we all wanted to tell. And even though we all have different, you know, um, uh, things to add to the pot, it ends up tasting exactly the way we all wanted it to taste. 
I like that's a great quote. That's a good quote for the poster right there. Uh, well, I like well that. you know, why don't you take it on your little Chuckle Hut uh, website and say, here's here's some of the things people said to Bob and Steve and Doug or whatever your names are. There's a host of whatever this is. Who are they? He's right. He's, Kevin, he's so Kevin Sean, he's and Jake. Is that their names? Yeah. Kevin, Sean, and Jake. You know, you know, for you know, for stepbrothers, I think you all get along pretty well. Whose mom married dad first? Just curious. Yeah. <laughs> is that it? I don't know. Hey, we're all a happy family. We know how this all works out. Well, we actually no are. No we're best friends. We met through doing press junkets and we started a podcast four years ago because we all fell in love with movies the, way, the same oh, way. That's why that we're in a show together. So what you guys did was you took one of the most appropriate processes known to humankind, which is a press junket, yeah. and you joined yes. forces and actually made it better and more enjoyable. If you say so. I'm going to, uh, listen, you guys are now on my hit list as opposed to my shit list. So, <laughs> this interview is not over yet. Well, so. okay, so, so give me time. All right. Let's all right. Wait, let's wait. Come on. Come on, you little right, punks. Go. Come all at right. me. Come all at right. me. All right. Come on. Take a get, get a piece of me. Which one do you want to, who wants to take me on first? I'm going to ruin it right this now. This is a blast. Hey, can we, can we do this for the you. rest of the day? Can we do this for like an hour and a half? I'm going to be yeah, yeah. so grumpy for the rest of the day of this thing. Hey, well, you guys are no Kevin, Jake, or, you know, Steve, or whatever Steve. Sean, 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 sorry, Sean. That's okay. All right. And Steve I'm now. So by the way, by the way, I, I'm not wearing my glasses so the lights don't shine off my lenses, but honestly, all I see is three guys in dark jackets. Oh, I get you. Oh, okay. All right. Very good. Yeah, and you're but in we London? also look the same. And you're in London? Okay, we're, we're so... We're in the same hotel. Yes. We're, we're oh, I was like going to say, one, looks, one looks like the Dorchester and one looks like the Weston and the other one is been staying out by Heathrow and one of those kind of like days in. I'm at Heathrow. <laughs> okay, very good. <laughs> I'm at Heathrow. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, 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 I want to bring this up because I, I'm going to turn this into a serious question. I actually genuinely want to try. know this. There's a line that you say in this film that struck me, and I've been thinking about it since, you about life being in black and white, and she was the color. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I just thought that was such a beautiful yeah. way to describe what it means to fall in love. And yeah. I, I just wanted to know what that line means to you. Is that Do you feel like that in your own life? I would imagine. Like, it's just a beautiful line. I just wanted to know what that line meant well, you to know, you. It is one of those things when you read it, you say, oh, God, I wish I would have thought that myself. I wish I would have been yeah. able to put that in a card, you know, to, you know, uh, someone. And I think it's I think it's true. Certainly it is true about when you stumble across, you know, the soulmate that you find out this person completes the sentences that I start. And I do the same for her. Um, but the other part of it, too, is certainly, um, you know, your kids, you know, um, everyone, every, you know, if you have kids, it's the same sort of like unconditional thing. You can't imagine what life is going to be without them. And I think that uh, what I got from that, and that's a line that Dave McGee wrote, you know, and it comes out of, you know, some sort of like his own individual artisanship, but also all the stuff that we talk about when we get before we even start making a movie like this. And what I think it says is that, you know, life when you when you're when you're not when you don't have that compadre when you don't have that other that partner with you yeah um life is binary you know it's either good or bad it's either a one or a two it's zero zero it's either you know it's you know it's it's one thing or it's the other every day is either a good day that was okay or a bad day that was kind of rotten but when you have that other person 
uh, you end up getting all the rest of the letters of the alphabet or all the other numbers that are in the cosmos. It's not just one or two. It ends up being, it ends up being something that is, that is shared and hilarious, the type of moment that um, on one hand could be horrible news that you can't face alone, but, it, uh, but with somebody else, it's not that bad. Or, you know, a disastrous moment that has turned into one of the most hilarious anecdotes for the rest of your lives together. I think that I think that that that's what that means and that what that represents. And um, very I, I think that it's kind of I, can you say bullshit in this kind of yes. kind of thing? Wow. Curses, yeah. Okay. I, I don't know if that's yes or no. Um, oh, we're giving. Yeah. Yes. Okay. For, yeah. Yes for us. But, yeah. you know, it's the type of thing that. Um, in a, it's a type of like verbiage that goes into a screenplay that if you haven't earned that line, yes. it's really yep. going to stick off like, you know, like a, like a, a piece of, you know, a bad card that you bought by the cash register. Uh, right. And that it's actually quite dangerous. And that's, uh, and there's an awful lot of scenes in a man called Otto in which uh, Mark and I and everybody else that was in it, we debated those moments throughout the course, I'll tell you, there was, I, I won't tell you what scene it is in the movie, uh, but it's Otto by himself at his house. And we were, you set it up and we knew what it was and we knew how it went. And in my, the back of my head, um, I was thinking, okay, this, I don't think we've earned this moment in this, mm -hmm. in this, in our movie yet. I think this is too presentational. It's too on the nose. There's no subtext to it. It's only text. And I'm thinking, this scene is fake. And Mark mm. Forster comes in and he sits down next to me at the table. He says, you know, I have this problem. He's, he's from Switzerland. So I'm not ridiculing anybody's heritage or background. This, this is the accent that he talks with. He says, you know, I have a problem with this scene because I don't know. It just seems so fake to me. And I said, you are saying what is in my head? He says, so why don't we take all the fake stuff out of this and do it less fake? I said, Mark Forster. You are the first director I have ever worked with who has sat down on a set with me and said, please make this less fake. If they usually want the absolute opposite. Can you turn the fakeness up a little bit on this? You know, Tom, I know it's very realistic, but this is a movie and it needs to be a little bit more fake. And that line, what you're talking about, you know, my life was black and white and she was a color. If, if you haven't, if you haven't done the work so that that's an authentic moment that, uh, makes sense for the writing to come out of a character's mouths, then you're going to mm -hmm. be in big, you're, you're going to be doing a disservice to the audience. And I, I you earned it for sure. Well, I, I think that it, the, the great amalgam of Dave and, and Mark and Rita and Renee Wolf and all, and, and Marianne and everybody else is, and I, I think, I think we, we all, we all lifted our, carried our weight in order to make that work. Yep. Wow. I love that. Uh, Tom, I'm going to get heavy for a second. Um, I feel like you, I, there are a handful of your past few films that have dealt with the, the topic of death. I mean, you look at Finch, which broke my heart. Oh, Elvis, wow. the colonel, is literally telling the story from his deathbed, and Otto obviously does. Um, you've died a few times uh, on film. Which character death was toughest for you? Oh, which, God. Which character oh, death oh, was oh the wow. Toughest for yeah, you yeah. Oh, you know, I'll just, I'll just throw that answer off. That's a real simple thing. Uh, <laughs> we got time. Wow. You young punks. Who the hell do you think you are? You know, okay, 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 I'll, I'll do a junkie question. So what, so what attracted you to the film? 
<laughs> so, hey, so tell, tell me about your movie. Yeah, tell me, tell me about it. Yeah. Um, were, there, were there any pranks on set? You know, you know that. What? Yeah. <laughs> you guys are brutal. See, you guys are press junket veterans. You, I know why you got together at some point. You, you I know sense. what not to do. You know, my favorite thing is, you know, Tom, I haven't had the chance of seeing your film, but I'm really looking forward to it. Tell us a little wow. bit about the making of it. That's, wow. always, that's always a There's fun one. There's nothing like asking a question that your viewers can Google. Oh. <laughs> By the way, in the laziest Google search imaginable, you know, it's literally eight, it's a T-O-M, that's three, Hanks, right. that's that's five, uh, that's eight, with, with 12 letters. Oh, no, actually, you only need nine. Hanks, Otto, and you got all the answers to it. everything that, that, that we've got. Every question. But you, know, but you know what you can't Google is which character death was the toughest exactly. for Tom Hanks. I'm going to tell you right now. I don't, uh, the, to say that, oh, man, that uh, you guys are asking an impossible question. Because here's the thing. Uh, this is we're, we're making your work. I, you are. You you you. I, <laughs> Can you, say, on, 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 you know, can you say that? <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Um, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. Um, I, I, look, I love talking about movies without a doubt. It is impossible to talk about the process that an actor goes out uh, when it comes time to make a movie. Because we don't know. Uh, we just go there. And that, yeah. if you can be satisfied with that answer of, well, you go there. Um, Someone said to me, you know, what was what was the what was what was your, what was a favorite film that you made? It's like it's impossible to say because the act of making a movie is is actually a constant. It's like the speed of light. You have dialogue. You're there for a moment. And in real time, you have to capture this thing that is going to live forever because it's yeah. on film. And, you know, it, it'll it'll be referenced now for the rest of the time. What you can control, I think, in the course of making of a movie is the hang, the approach, everything, all of the, all of the details of where you are and who you talk to and how you approach your day. That's the only, that's the only control I think an actor has uh, mm. in, in, uh, in uh, the making, the, the other harder part. So what you have to do is you have to go there. And there are, <laughs> there are two sides of playing a character who dies. One is, mm what happens up to the point that they die. And then the other is after they've died and after they've died is easy. Cause you lay there mm. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. everybody else has to do the work. Sure. You know, and that, that is, you are providing a key element to, to the film. But if, if you haven't earned what they go through after that, you are, you are in really, really big, big trouble. The other side of it then is what goes up to that. And they are all incredibly different because rarely in uh, it's on occasion in motion pictures, do you get what Baz Luhrmann gave me as Colonel Tom Parker is before he goes, he's going to get to explain everything, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, what goes along with that, though, is that is a one-sided explanation. Mm -hmm. That comes mm -hmm. down to the legacy question, you know? I am now going to tell you what my legacy is, so you won't think about it very much, and so you'll give me the credit. <laughs> you will actually think of me as I want you to think of me. And yeah. that ends up being the one-sided aspect of, of what a, what a movie's editorial position is. So 
I, you know, it's it's a great question because, yeah, uh, been there, done that. And it's all about, is there enough investment in the moment of a character's passing in order to make the whole movie worthwhile? You know, because yeah. you're asking an audience to have sat there for a while and got involved in this story. And are you going to care, number one? And are you going to believe that the guy with a countenance to play Otto is actually going to take you to the place of a world without Otto in it? And, you know, mm. that's the whole Megillah when it comes down to whether or not the contract you have with the audience is going to be, you know, wor- uh, worthwhile or, uh, or bogus. So mm. when your character in Private Ryan is saying, earn this, you're saying it to every other movie that comes after you, essentially. <laughs> You're well, them. well, earn yeah. this moment. Well, you know, um, that uh, <laughs> you're talking about a moment that does not work if it's just a line one says. Yep. Uh, but if you know, my the thing I end up beating everybody up about is I get petulant the way actors. I don't believe it. I don't think I'd say that. I don't. I don't want to say that. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> And someone on the other side of us is like, please just say it, just say it, just say the words, just say it, whether you believe it or not. And um, I uh, have a big problem with a moment in any movie, which I think is bullshit. Now, mm-hmm. on that, my responsibility as an actor is to provide that reason. So it's like the old thing is like a director says, uh, I need, go to the window. And an actor says, I don't think I'd go to the window. Mm. <laughs> well, that's a cop out because you have to say, right. you have to say to the director, the director says, go to the window. My job as an actor says, I will come up with a reason to go to the window. And mm. you'll believe that I'm going to the window for a very specific purpose. All right. right. Mm. That's my job. So when, <laughs> when you're going to say a few words at the end of the life of a character, my job mm. is to make sure that thing is, is fraught with some brand right. of stuff that I only carry around in my pocket. So you either buy it or you have no movie. Right. Mm. Not, not to like geek out about other films, but you telling Michael Jr. I know that he couldn't kill uh, Jude Law and Road to Perdition is the one that gets me oh, when, he, when he couldn't pull the trigger. That's the one that, yeah. that's the one that crushes my soul. Yeah. And there, there you have, there, <laughs> I just, you just gave me chills because I got news for you. For one reason or another, no one references Road to Perdition. And that was an incredibly important movie for, me, masterpiece. To, for yeah. me to go through. Now, I don't, not, guy, it was shot by Conrad Hall, okay? It yes. has Paul yeah, The best it. work of his career. And you have, you have, you have me in it, you know, uh, you know, Don Mustache with a hat on it. But you also have two of guys who turned out to be two of the biggest motion picture presences in the history of the, of the industry with Jude yeah, Law, with, with Jude Law and Danny Craig, uh, both, right, right, right. and I killed both of them. Isn't that right, staff? That's right. I killed both of them. And you also, you also kill some actor named Paul Newman. I do indeed. In the rain. Uh, that's right. But the moment that you're talking about right there, is that moment where uh, hopefully the entire audience sees for the first time what Michael Sullivan has seen all through. I am on this road to perdition because my son cannot be the killer that I am. One is he doesn't have it inside him. And number two, I am not going to sentence him to that life. 
Now that I'm, you got me thinking about literally my, my, I got my, my skin is, is standing up on the back of this my This is Jake's favorite movie. This is Manny's favorite movie. Wow. That's a biggie, man. That's a biggie. That's a big one. Sam, yes, I got yeah. it, you know, uh, uh, Sam Mendes as the, as the, as the director. That, that, that's, that's a serious. People always say, so what do you think, you know, you know, what, what, what movies will they be talking about years from now? I said, well, if, you know, like as a guy on who watches Turner Classic movies a lot and the more obscure and unknown a movie from 1940s or the 1950s, the better, because I have right. no com- preconceived notions about it. I don't know anything about it. And when you watch one of those movies and it's Cracker Jack and it's right. incredibly moving and all I can think of is this. I'm so glad this movie lasts forever. So I got a chance yeah. to revisit it now. And that, that might be the case with the road to perdition. It, 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 Sam Mendes told me that when he goes to colleges and speaks to students and he uses his films as examples to show them road to perdition is the film he uses to speak to students. with. Well, you know, when in the, in the realm of legacy, you know, if someone said to me, Hey Tom, you know, right, right after you die for real, and which which isn't going to be for a while, isn't that right, staff? That's right. not going to be for a while. Thank you, <laughs> thank on, you, staff. staff. Um, they say, you know, would you would, would you like to have would you like to have a you know a film festival of your stuff, and what would it be if somebody else chooses the movies? It would just be the hits, you know, the ones that have you know that that play every Christmas and what have you. But I would actually say, you know, there's a number of things that I would say. Uh, that I got to go back to and delve deep into the realm of what I thought was presence and authenticity uh, that was very, very, very particular to those specific characters in those specific movies. And most of them would be, a, a num- I mean, if you had to ask me for five five movies, one honestly would be that thing you do because it is so filled with joy as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, sure. Uh, and I hope that I'll have another other, um, a bunch of movies that I'll still get to make that might, might be there or not. But I would say road to perdition would be one of those where I would just have to say, please look at the quiet here, you know, Yes. please look at the oh. quiet because you know, the other thing too, is the, uh, you, you guys are the, fr- and by the way, you have a few minutes. So you could blow this. Who, right who, who don't ask me about, you know, the nice guy quotient. You know, he's played such nice guys. La, 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 la. I'd play a bad guy. You know, it's, it's, it's all about logic for me. And the logic of Michael, Sul- uh, Michael Sullivan, I think, is impeccable. The logic mm-hmm. of everything he does and how he says it and how he experiences things and sees them for the first time. Uh, that's the high country as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't really matter whether it's viewed upon as being, you know, a... a "Quote unquote success, or whatever. It's in the zeitgeist, and that's the only thing that matters. It's a masterpiece, mm-hmm. yeah. um, Mr. Hanks. Before we run out of time, I want to ask you a big picture question, and I'm sorry about this, but this kind of fits with Otto. And I want to know if you believe in the concept of love at first sight, or if you think Otto picked up that book and got on the train just because he was annoyed that Sonia dropped it. I got to go with love at first sight, guys, um, yeah. only because I think if you were going to ask yourselves the same question, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, there's there's that. I mean, even if you even if you do that, you're in that kind of like circumstance where you're working with somebody for a while and somewhere like, you know, eight weeks into the uh, into the, the exchange, you realize, oh, I'm in trouble. Because I think about this person all the time now and we have yeah. there's been nothing improper. <laughs> it's only been, you know, from a place of respect or someone's in the same class I'm in or someone's on the, you know, working on the same press junket that I am. 
uh, <laughs> staff. But they always there there comes around a kind of boing in one's head, and even if even if you know each other, you haven't really looked at that person for the first time until that boing happens. So it is mm-hmm. you know it is a brand of a brand of uh, uh, love at at first sight. Now you know. Uh, the truth is, does that love end up lasting for all of time, whether or not the relationship does or not? The fact is it does, because you can't take away the power of what that love is. And you will always have a special love for that person, almost no, no matter uh, um, you know how, how it turns out. So young Otto seeing, um, believe me, he noticed the woman first. And, yeah. and then the good dropped good. book second. And by the way, if you're out there and you want to snag somebody, walk past them and drop a book. Yes. You know, that's as good as it's spilling good that's as good as spilling wine on them. Oh, I'm so sorry I spilt wine on you. Oh my god, hi, I'm Tom. What's your name? It's all a ploy. It's all a ploy. Oh my Chicago. Oh, I dropped I'm about that to book walk around Chicago just uh, dropping books. I dropped that book. Oh, I'm so glad you brought it back. That works all the time, doesn't it, staff? Yeah, it does. It does. Wait, 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 okay, what if we drop a Tom Hanks book? Oh, well, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hey, you've got me. By the way, if someone's walking by with one of my books, I notice the book first. I don't care who's carrying it. <laughs> I'm going to get you out of here on this question because I, I, I have to ask you this because I thought about my dad when I watched this scene. When you're uh, teaching how to, uh, Marisol how to drive and the stick shift, my dad was insistent on making me learn stick. And I had stick. to get my classes on stick. So now Mine I'm too. curious, what was your learning to drive story? And did you also use that with your kids as well, like in terms of teaching them how to drive? Like oh, what yeah. Was your, how did you learn how to drive? Like, what was your story? My, my, my first stick shift was a, was a Volkswagen. And uh, little, I, was just, I just had to learn how to do it. Uh, no one, uh, no one explained, <laughs> you know, it was yeah. like, oh, I'd seen people do it enough. And it's like that, you know, the lug, the lug, the lug and kill it. Oh, you killed it. And you do that, you do that 15 times and actually have it in third. You don't have it in first. And that ratio of heel to toe and the gas and the thing like that, you just got to figure it out. That is actually easier to go through in a car by yourself than to be in the shotgun seat and explain. Yeah. What you're doing is, see, you, you are intermeshing the gearbox inside the transmission. So by letting up on the clutch, you slowly lower the teeth down. There's no way to explain that. Because guess what? It's all going to be, okay. You, oh, yeah, that was good. You let up on the gas a little bit more at the same time. The clutch comes out. Okay. You actually had it in third. So put it back into first. Put it back into first. The other way. The other way. Put it back into first. No, you still have it in third. You have to push it down. You got to bring it back. No, you have to press the clutch in. You're still in third. No, you were still in third. You're still in. That's actually mind, mind numbing. And here's what you must never, ever do. Take the girl who dropped your book and say, I'll teach you how to drive because that relationship, that relationship is not going to last, man. You're not going to survive. You're not going to survive the difference between being first and and, in third. You're not going to survive. By the way, can I tell you, can I tell you how hard it was to find a Chevrolet sedan with a stick shift in it? (laughs) 
Oh, wow. That's true. Nearly impossible. I kept saying in pre-production, I said, you guys really think you're going to be able to find a Chevrolet, you know, sedan with a stick ship? Yes, they do make them. There are six of them. One of them is in North Dakota, and we we are negotiating for it to come down right now. The other one does not work anymore, but we thought we had it for a while, but we're not going to be able to be able to get. I said, guys, this, auto is, budget this, is, gonna be, this is going to be so easy. Can we just uh, make it a fi- let's make it a Fiat? Let's make it a Fiat. Let's, let's, you know, let's make it an Austin Healey. Let's make it an old right. Datsun or something like that. No, no way. And by the way, what auto did I do? What did that. I do the first time I drove Otto's car? What did I do, guys? Did you stall out? Of course I did. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, I wasn't going forward. I was going in reverse. So I literally, we're we're in the garage. I said, oh, no, I'll get it, guys. I'll 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 take it back to number one. And I did the whole thing. I did the whole thing, and I did this. (laughs) And the teamster captain, the teamster captain had to come out and had to knock on the whistle. Tom, to get in in reverse, you got to really push this gear shift down and bring it over. And, and you know, all the union guys are like, he has two Oscars, but he can't drive a yeah, stick that, No, exactly right. They're all over like... <laughs> oh, no. No. Let number one on the call sheet move the car back. <laughs> let, let him do it. They were merciless. Merciless. Oh. Then after every time after that, I was yelling, all right, guys, get out of the way. I'm driving the car to number one. Get out of the way. This is mine. <laughs> I got Sir, this. Your, your team is screaming at us to rap. Okay, <laughs> all right. Sure, are we done? Go. Are we done, staff? Are we done, staff? We, are we done? Wow, wow, wow. Wow. Oh, so evidently we are. I'll to translate oh. that. You get us for TV right. in, a, in a few minutes. <laughs> yes. Oh, hey, great. Was, okay, good. Yeah. Oh, we Thank love you having for... you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's great. Thank and, you. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate it because, look, we're just talking about movies, but there's some serious stuff that you got to touch on every now and again because we're trying to. This is, this is an we're art form that we all love being a part of. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll, we would love to have you back anytime. Sir. All so right. We'll, well, we'll listen, talk to you again soon. listen, Jerry, George and Kramer. It's just wonderful to talk to all of you. I know. I'm oh, sure. Please we'll, don't let me be Kramer. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll do it again. Yeah, I think an Elaine would be good, guys. And Elaine would yeah. be Jake, bad. Can you get the slide? Can you slide oh, in the Elaine, room, Jake? And Elaine would be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. actually. He's, he's right about that. Thank you, Mr. Thanks, Alex. guys. Nice Thank talking to you. This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Power up your favorite characters and build a team to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and even challenge other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly, and the meta is constantly evolving. And now you can sign on for Marvel Strike Force's new Deadpool Anniversary event in order to receive a generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, and other great items. Better yet, each week during the Deadpool anniversary, players can complete events and receive even more special rewards and skins. If you want to get in on all the fun of Marvel Strike Force, be sure to use our promo code MAXPOOL, that's M-A-X-P-O-O-L, and thank you to Marvel Strike Force for supporting the show. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0-1 to grams of net carbs, 5-11 to grams of protein, 
and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. We absolutely have to thank our friends at um, Sony Pictures for hooking us up with Tom Hanks and the just staff. to give you guys a bit of a oh, yeah. <laughs> the staff. staff. The staff. Uh, to give you guys a bit of a, a, a little bit of behind the scenes, peek behind the curtain, um, how this came together is, uh, and this is going to allow us to toot our horns briefly, in the sense that the previous interview that we had with Tom Hanks, uh, which was for Elvis, went so well. Like, we really wanted it to go well. Obviously, we want all of our interviews to go well. We put a lot of attention into this one. We were really proud of our questions, and we just had a good time. We knew we connected with him, and we had heard feedback after the fact that he really enjoyed himself and um, I think is kind of new to podcasting. It's funny to see Quentin on everyone's podcast now because I don't think Quentin did a lot of podcasts before and now he realizes he loves the format. So he's out there doing it. So Hanks, you know, had kind of said like, hey, I liked those guys. They were a lot of fun. And when Otto came back around, we were told like, oh, Tom Hanks is going to come back on the show. And and like, you know, Jake and, and, and Kevin and myself would like all of you just kind of thought like, that's crazy. Like that's not going to happen. <laughs> but legitimately like as we kept getting closer, they're like, yeah, yeah, he's going to do it. We're, we can't wait to, to get it done. And then as you saw in the interview, like he came prepared, he kind of knew who we were. He kind of was, he was ready to play ball uh, and have a good time with us. And um, gosh, just, it was just so great to, to see him dialed in and having a good time with, with the press thing. I, I mean, I'll never get over the fact that he told us, that you have created a, a format that makes the the press junket, you know, tolerable and and fun hmm. kind of thing, and uh, that's that's just incredible. Um, Jake, yeah. I, I try to imagine being able to revisit Die Hard with Bruce Willis uh, every you know every couple of months, the way that you get to speak to Tom Hanks about Road to Perdition. What is that like? Well, you know, not even just that, because I've brought up Road to Perdition to Tom Hanks multiple times, and and it always yields really great material because it really does seem one like that film really does mean a lot to him, um, but also like it's a film that that a lot of people don't necessarily bring up to him. But there was something about him that day with us, like he's never responded uh, about Road to Perdition to me in a way that he responded to all of us. Like that mm. just felt. Really special. And to hear him even put it as that's one of the films of mine I want people to revisit after I'm gone. It just sort of felt like as a dude who has been screaming alone from the mountaintop, like watch this movie for for 20 years to hear. Like, I I remember like being on my bus in high school (laughs) freshman year, like like telling people about this movie. Like, keep in mind, like 14 year olds don't give a shit about like the new Tom Hanks, Paul Paul Newman movie that just came out in theaters. And so needless to say, I didn't have a big audience, but like I was like like a like the apostle, like screaming about this movie and the fact that like flash forward 20 years and and I'm, I'm with my best friends as like talking to Tom Hanks about it. And Tom Hanks is like gushing and, and, and solidifying everything that I've ever felt about that movie. Um, it's, 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 it's incredible. It's a, it's a, it was an, it was an amazing, an amazing feeling. I want to say this because, you know, we, we do a lot of interviews 
in for television and for our show. And when something goes really, really, really well, like the Elvis one did, like and and that's that's one that, you know, went way better than we ever imagined because we got into conversations about the movies that we wanted to talk about because it came up naturally. Mm-hmm. And I remember all of us saying, guys, do we want to like do we want to like what what if we mess it up if we get them again? Like yeah. we didn't we, we didn't want to like botch that feeling of what that first time was like. And then the moment he popped up on that screen, as you guys just heard and saw the singing, he was just in this beautiful mood. And like and what I loved about it was like it, it, it just felt like a conversation. Like it felt like Tom Hanks was a fourth chair or a fifth chair on our podcast. And, and it, 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 it is honestly surreal to even this contemplate is, this is that. where we reveal tom hanks has been here the whole time he's right. now the, the officially yeah. the fourth chair <laughs> but in, but in all honesty if you think about the weight of it because we we are just you know we're four friends who started a movie show like at the end of the day to have tom hanks come back to our show to be on the show once is even insane but two we're more of a filmmaker show right and warner brothers was so great about it. initially they were like you know for elvis like you know we could give you baz or austin but we want to try with Tom Hanks and shout out to Warner Brothers because they're the ones who kind of got that ball rolling. They also mm-hmm. gave us Joaquin Phoenix for Joker and we weren't really an actor podcast. And now to get someone on like Tom Hanks and you just start to really see how incredible he can be in a full blown conversation rather than a four minute TV mm-hmm. slot. And it was just really special. So I, I'm not trying to toot our own horns. It was just a really special thing to have. And I'm just glad that we get to share it with the audience. And I hope you guys know how much it meant means to us to have you guys listening to to us because if, if you, we didn't have listeners, we wouldn't have the opportunity to have these guests. So yep. uh, it's kind of a real collective collaborative thing that we have going on here. So thank you guys. So here's the point where I put on my marketing hat and I ask everybody who's listening to share this with someone uh, who, you know, who loves Tom, please Hanks do. And uh, hasn't heard of real blend before uh, and, yeah. and let them know that these are the types of interviews that they're going to get on the show uh, on a weekly basis. And, yeah, and, um, and, and send it to them. If it, it, our shows are an hour and a half. Sometimes just say, hey, listen to this 30, 30 minute chunk. See what yeah. you think. Just check these guys out for a second. And, <laughs> and, and, and I, mean, I would love that because I feel like that that interview is very is very uh, um, it's very spot on as to what our show is. And indicative, he kind of just fit, word, yeah, yeah. indicative is perfectly the perfect word. So check anyway. it out for sure. I, I yeah. don't know All why, right. but for some reason, I picture your your marketing hat as being like like a like a Napoleon hat. For some reason, oh, I, just see, pic- I just pictured Sean O'Connell and like a Napoleon. similar wavelengths. You know, those like novelty foam giant cowboy hats. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what, that's what I was picturing. <laughs> You're both yeah. wrong. It's more of the uh, the the fedora with the press uh, card oh, jammed into the oh. side of it. Yeah. Ready for ready for a deadline or any type of assignment. Wow. But it's my marketing. I don't know. Big cowboy hat sings Sean O'Connell. Might, we might, instead of a T-shirt, we might sell those. I cowboy d- hat. It belongs to the kid. <laughs> <laughs> I do think foam cowboy hat. Chuckle Club needs to be a thing. We got to we got we got we got to figure the next out shirt. how to brand that, that. shirt. Because yeah, well, no, this is in 2023. We're just going to completely re rebrand the podcast to Real Talk, hosted by the Chuckle Club. <laughs> yeah, just... and real, real Talk is what Tarantino called yes. our show. <laughs> and then you all, all thought right. we were from New York. Yeah, yeah. The day we are recording the show um, is the day after the Golden Globes were handed out. So let's uh, pivot over to Golden Globe reactions and discuss. We could discuss the show in and of itself. Uh, I wanted to focus on what I think are the the wins and the losses from the evening that actually matter. And and to put that into context, and we've had this conversation every time the gold, the globes come back around in that um, 
nobody in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association votes for the Oscars. They're not members of the Academy. Um, so they don't have a direct impact in things that are going to win in the Oscars. But but we've always said this. If you win in one of these major awards television shows that that take place in prime time and even something on a Tuesday, which is was extremely weird to have the Golden Globes on a Tuesday. Um, and then you end up being in the headlines or the social media posts the following day. It's momentum. It's you're keeping yourself in the conversation when someone like uh, Ki Hoi Kwan wins uh, another award for for everything everywhere all at once. And it, it, in my mind and probably in the minds of the people who are listening to the awards conversation and, and tracking who to vote for, it solidifies uh, that person as a front runner uh, or someone who's more than likely going to lock up a nomination and probably a win. And so I thought that, um, and Kev, you had mentioned this, the Austin Butler win in the best Huge. actor category was a legitimate shock uh, to me. And it was the, even though this whole week from the different uh, awards pundits that I read, the tea leaves, according to them, were saying Butler has a really good shot of of winning this and that there were like two ongoing conversations about his chances. One being he's young, he'll have more opportunities. Um, but the other being, is that really a reason to not award him if if you truly think he's the best performance? Um, but last night when he won uh, the Golden Globe in the category in the same category as Brendan Fraser, uh, for the very first time, I allowed some doubt to sort of slip in uh, of, oh, maybe Fraser doesn't have this as sewn up uh, as I thought it was going to be. And then Fra and then uh, Austin got up and gave what I thought was a really beautiful speech. Um, and I'm starting to feel momentum swing in his direction and maybe swing away from Fraser. Uh, do either of you guys sort of share that sentiment? Well, it's what's interesting to me about the Austin win. So there's there's. I think there's three things that you got to keep in mind with with that category, which is what's fascinating about the Golden Globes is they have the musical comedy category and the drama category. It was very smart that Butler was in drama because that like there's a, there's a certain weight to that category that feels more significant, um, in my opinion, in just in terms of like what it does for the Oscar race. Uh, second, you know. We all know Brendan Fraser was, you know, boycotting the show, not going to the show. You start to wonder if that had an effect on at all. I think it did. I think it did. But yeah, and then and then Kate Blanchett though she wins, but I, I don't remember her being uh, boycotting the show. Maybe she just couldn't be there. I would. I, she was on production. I don't remember what they said. Um, but so that's a second factor. And the third is you got to look out for Colin Farrell here because Colin Farrell is kind of in that career mode uh oscar territory right now mm -hmm. like you know and i think and his, his speech was charming as hell it was great it was, it was and great. Ban and ban his banshee's performance i think is the best performance of his career i really do mm -hmm. and i think um so the the question comes down to does do you know do does the vote do the vote split you know because of those i believe that those three are the front runners and i think they are all equally uh in the race but with butler's win last night um, what I love about what I love about Butler's speech is like even though he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he got up there and essentially said, I, "Quentin, I printed out your Pulp Fiction script when I was twelve or whatever." And yeah. then he goes, "You know, Brad says something to Brad Pitt, and it's like it's as if he was like never met these guys and like he's just fans of them, even though he kills Brad or uh, yeah, Brad Pitt kills him in uh, in Hollywood. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Um, and uh, and so, but a, a you know, colleague of ours, a friend of ours, Mike Ryan, uh, tweeted that he's like. <laughs> 
Didn't Austin have a chance to tell Quentin that story when they <laughs> right. were together on the right. movie? <laughs> and I, you know, I, I, but I do. I, I think it's interesting that that when I started feeling this love for specifically the love for Butler over the past few weeks with the Academy screenings, just hearing the buzz about what people think about it, it, it is really an incredible performance. And one of the things I really want to point out that I'm really angry about is people online are like giving Austin a lot of crap for sounding like Elvis still. And I don't think people realize that like people think he's doing a bit or if it's like, or he's like, like they're saying he's still in character. He's been sounding like this since we've talked to him back in May when the movie was coming out. This is not some awards thing where he's just going up there and sounding like he's in character. I think in my opinion that the character hit him so hard that it transformed him in a way that I think is just part of his the way he speaks now. I mean, I, I don't I don't know how remember how he spoke before. I don't remember the role, yeah. but he does sound like Elvis now. And I think people were like thinking it was a bit like he was trying to be like method. And I'm like, no, I think we talked to him on and off camera when we were in Memphis. And that's just how he sounds. Um, but now I think he I, I think he deserves uh, I think I think he's definitely a big front runner right now. Now, where are you guys at in terms of. You're voting. Where are you guys at? Who are you guys voting for for CCA? Do you think Farrell has a chance? Uh, I, I, yeah, I think Farrell absolutely has a shot. If I'm going to be honest, not to necessarily like shift categories, but to me, the acting race that got the most juice or pushed someone forward the most is Angela Bassett for supporting actress. Oh, agree. Yeah. But see, I, I, I thought that was that, a lock already. It's so see, interesting. I, I, I thought that to me, that category was in my mind, the most up in the air because you have Carrie Condon, who has won the most uh, critics awards up to this mm. point. Carrie Condon mm. has dominated the critics awards. You've got, Jamie Lee Curtis, who uh, I would argue Stephanie Hsu deserves the supporting actress out of everything everywhere more Dude, so than Jamie Lee Curtis. Agreed. But, yes. But, yeah, but, but Jamie Lee Curtis has, as we always talk about, one, she's got the 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 career legacy behind her, but two People love a Jamie Lee Curtis speech, and I feel like we don't talk enough about the power of making a few good speeches in a row because people just fall in love with you and want like honestly, one of the aside from his phenomenal performances, one of the best things going for Kihui Kwan is just how incredible he is when he takes to the stage every single time. Yeah, the energy. Think, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I do think that. The, the biggest thing that was working against Angela Bassett was that it was for a Marvel film. Yeah. Uh, you know, like there's we're, we're tw- uh, 15 years plus into Marvel. And this is the first time. But I got to uh, tell you, this has been I want to cut you off. When I, when I was sitting down with Sean, when we watched Black Panther, when she delivers that speech about. Oh, sure. Have I not given I, I in my my brain literally went, oh, she's going to win the Oscar. Yeah. I don't know if I saw if I went as far as she's going to win the Oscar. I I uh, I definitely thought, OK, that would be her her spit. That would be her yeah. moment. That would be her clip. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, because it's, it's interesting. I feel like uh, someone winning a Golden Globe is almost like the equivalent of trying clothes on at a department store just to see how it feels, just to mm. see what it feels like. And so whenever you get to see a couple of different actors up there on stage holding an award, you almost get to try out. What would it feel like? What, what does it feel like to see that person up there doing that? Mm. And I think for someone like Angela Bassett, a lot of people, for a lot of us, felt good. Felt good yeah. seeing her up there. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of people feel like she's been due for a long time. I think with, with something like Jamie Lee Curtis, even though they both have the career and legacy, the issue is that I think a lot of people just don't think that the Jamie Lee Curtis performance is necessarily worthy. 
And for a lot of us, I think we die. I, you know, like you guys walked out of Wakanda forever going, God, I, you know, I, th- I think I was just a little bit more maybe pessimistic. Like I, I thought that she was Oscar worthy, but I thought never in my wildest dreams would the Oscars award such a such a performance. Yeah. Um, What's so cool I, about I, it? Well, I'm sorry. Good. Oh, no, I was just going to say, so I, I feel like this of all the acting awards to me, that's the one that had the biggest impact on the direction that we're moving in, in the award season moving forward. What is cool about it is that black Panther was the Marvel movie that broke through the best picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's ceiling. a great, that's a great point for yeah. Marvel studios films. And you know, it's the Marvel studios have won a bunch of below the line, uh, mm-hmm. film, uh, awards, but for that to get into best picture was significant. Sure. And then, so it would be really nice to sort of tie it together and have her become the, the first Marvel actor yeah. uh, to win an award. And for her to be able to get up and, and, and pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman uh, as part of that category in that speech uh, and, and add more to the legacy mm-hmm. of that franchise, I think would be, would be really, really special. Yeah. What did you guys think of the Banshees went over everything everywhere all at once? In, uh, in musical, was comedy. The musical comedy yeah I, it feels to me like the two locks pure locks because they feel like the most academy type movies is fablemans and banshees right yeah um, i agree with you 100 percent. those are very very good like like fit the oscars I, I, I i've been saying two. for a while my that my concern behind everything everywhere and that's and that being said, I do think CCA, I do think we we pick everything everywhere. Did it pick too soon? P too oh, soon? No, not even. I, th- I just think it's too weird for a too lot weird. of the older Academy voters. And again, I think, you know, sometimes I worry that we, you know, I, I, honestly, I and I was even saying this yesterday morning to a lot of people in my studio before the Golden Globes came on. I kind of thought Fablemans was dead. I thought Fablemans yeah. was done. So so coming, you know, it sort of surging back into race with the Spielberg director win and, and the in and the in the picture drama. I, I think it's just a reminder that there is a large percentage of these voters that are not reflected in sort of what we often refer to as sort of this this film Twitter bubble that we all sort of, you know, are a part of. And, and, and I really am concerned that everything everywhere might just be I. I love what it would represent by by being picked if it were best picture, but I worry that it's just a little too out there for the Academy voters. Do you so who got nominated for the DGA today? Kaczynski, oh. Kaczynski. Kaczynski, yes, uh, Spielberg, Todd uh, Field, uh, Todd Field, the Daniels, Cameron? the Daniels. No, the Cameron, Cameron did. Cameron, no, Cameron did not. Oh wow, Cameron didn't get in the DGA. Cameron, Cameron didn't get in no. the DGA. I have to know. Wait, who are the yeah, five? So we have uh, Todd Field, Kaczynski, the Daniels, Martin McDonough, oh, uh, Spielberg. McDonough. Okay, do, yeah, we, do, you, do we start taking Kaczynski seriously as a director candidate? Yeah, I was no, actually I think shocked. It's more Todd Field. I think it's more Todd Fields who you start taking seriously. No, I, 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 mean, I guess I, I mean not, not, not that like yeah. not that Kaczynski was gonna. Um, he belongs. I've always thought I always thought Todd Field was gonna get a director nomination. I meant Kaczynski to get a to get a director nomination. Kaczynski was the one out of the five that I was most surprised about. Not that he doesn't deserve it, but it was it is the out of the five. It is the it is the outlier. Because we haven't seen him in a lot of the other. Right. You know, and And, he should be be in in the list. Weirdly enough, he has the highest grossing film. I bet you I bet you Top Gun has made more money than all four of the other filmmakers movie combined. But see, I think Cameron gets in. I I know. I, I think Cameron's in. I, I just feel like yeah. uh, I was surprised Cameron I, I, didn't get in. 
I feel like Avatar just the the X factor of the novelty of it. I mean, it sort of feels like when Peter Jackson, even though he got nominated for Two Towers, remember when Two Towers came out, when, when Fellowship came out, there was a really real conversation about, OK, is this going to win Best Picture? Is Ian McKellen going to win? Because it was unlike anything we had seen before. When Two Towers came out, there was very much this feel of like, oh, OK, well, he's not going to win for this. Like he's going to, yeah, if yeah, anything, yeah. he's going to win Middle for chapter. the next one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it sort of just feels like. Like, yeah, we know you can do this and this is impressive, but like it's it's an accelerated version of a thing that we nominated you for before. But it is fascinating, though, because it is it is really the definition of directing. <laughs> like, the oh, one, like, 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 like when you think about what I mean, again, I, I mean, there's mo- so many definitions for directing. We've gotten to this in the show before, but Cameron like commanded that film in such a way that I can't believe it wasn't. Again, this yeah. is the DGAs. But then today we also had a big surprise with uh, Adam Sandler getting nominated sure. for a SAG. Um, so I, th- I, I, and, and we, I think it was, it was a great choice. He got nominated for Hustle. And it's funny because like, like it was just great to see his name next to these like heavyweight actors. Well, you know what's um, great about and- it, too, is that it's not like a division of five drama, five musical comedy. It was just, according to the Screen Actors Guild, the five best male performances. Yeah. Do you guys find it strange that Netflix has been pushing Janelle Monet so hard, oh, but it was Ana de Armas and Adam Sandler who they kind of oh, left wow. by the wayside who got yeah. in at SAG. Did well, Janelle not get in no, at all? No. 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 Wow. She's been no. missing a lot. And Ana wow. de Armas for Blonde is... is I mean, you, can't, you have to take uh, the SAG nominations. I know we're sort of shifting awards at this point. You no, have right. to take the SAG nominations very seriously. Oh, oh sure. really quick before we move on. I, I, a big director name who didn't make DGA, and I'm curious as to how you guys interpret it, Baz. Baz not getting in DGA. Oh, yeah. That was how a you, surprise. I thought that was a surprise. Who, I, who, I was really who, starting to feel... Who do you take out? Who do you take out for Baz? Well, that's the thing. There's, I think there's seven to eight yeah. names right Which now. Which is that why CCA nominates spots. 84 different people. <laughs> Wait, so, okay. So one thing I will say is this, like, I think Austin and Baz were both genuinely shocked that he won last one last night. You saw like, like I, I think it was the, cool. Baz seemed it was all pri- it was all pride. Pride. Like, pride I, I, yeah. I, like, I just saw. Yeah, remember, like, didn't he like, say with you. us, like, just for, for Austin, it's just about getting the nomination? Yeah, like I and, and and so the fact that like that was his hope when we got Baz a couple of months ago on the show and yeah. just getting a nomination has turned into like, holy shit, dude, you could actually win. So let me ask you guys this. So obviously the Globes, they divide up the genres. So we have Michelle Yeoh taking mm-hmm. actress in a musical comedy and then we have Kate Blanchett taking actress in a drama. Um, mm-hmm. Those two appear to be the major frontrunners for best actress this year mm-hmm. where are y'all leaning now uh with this because i feel like it's funny i would have said yo for uh, rec- uh until recently but like i feel like blanchette has just been like i've seen her everywhere going mm-hmm. <laughs> doing ev- like literally everything yeah. um her and todd doing q a's but so, I mean, so yeah. do you, you hear really a lot think of people, so that yo that yo has the story though yo has the the hasn't won yet and you know and okay I, I, I'm, gonna, it, I'm gonna counterpoint that though because okay. i mean you have to keep in mind because I think a lot of people are saying, "Well, it's not going to be Kate Blanchett because she's she, it'll be her third, and Michelle right. Yeoh has the narrative that she hasn't won." They just gave uh, 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 three billboards uh, Frances McDormand her third yep. Oscar, True. and there are a lot of instances where actors have had the narrative, whether it be Mickey Rourke 
or Michael Keaton, Brendan and, Fraser, or, yeah, Brendan Fraser. There are a lot of instances where like the person came into the award season with the narrative of, well, they're due and uh, this is their, you know, Michael Keaton went home empty handed. Mickey Rourke yeah. went home empty handed. Yeah. A lot of that, that I really, the more and more I think about it, the narrative of the career isn't as strong, at least over these last 10, 15 years as maybe it was in in the days of, you know, uh, well, you know, in, in the nineties in and the early two thousands with Blanchett too, like the conversation around her performance in tar is that it is one of the best performances they've ever seen. Like it is, a, it is it, a masterful performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the people masterful. who love it are like over the moon for Did it. Did you guys see so, that article about, and it really made me appreciate and love tar even more. Did you guys see the article about the movie being a ghost story? Yes, yes, I did. Yeah, that, I did. if you, I, I don't want to ruin the article because it is a brilliant article and it should be looked at on your computer or on your phone because it features a lot of gifts in there that you need to see. But there are a lot of things hidden in the background of Tar mm-hmm. that were, to me were very reminiscent of Haunting of Hill House. Oh yeah, and completely changed my perspective. It's a of brilliant that movie. Movie. I'd like, love to do a, a, a interview with them now. To bring that up. Well, there is a scene specifically that gets referenced um, of and this won't reveal anything in case you haven't seen Tar of when she follows a girl into a building. Mm -hmm. Yes, Um, that is very out of character with the rest of the movie. And I didn't know what was happening when it was going on. And then reading about this article and them Mm -hmm. getting to the description of that scene and the way that they tie it together, I was like. Oh my God, that yeah. makes a lot more sense. I'm now. so sorry I can't think of the author who wrote it, but but if whoever you know whoever wrote it, just hats off to you. I mean, what a brilliant piece that was. I'm yeah. gonna derail this because now my mind's cooking on like the whole like theory. <laughs> I love the, spicy the, derail, the, Kevin. The, the, the theories of things. I okay, so I I heard a theory recently, and I, I know this you guys have heard it. And it's been out there for a while that uh, Top Gun Maverick is basically a uh, you know that he dies at the beginning of the film, and the rest mm-hmm. of the film is kind of like a like a, his like his redemption scenario and his you know and every time i watch uh. the film now so so <laughs> oh, oh dude get this so this is not my theory because someone asked kaczynski about this and he said oh you know he didn't like uh, knock it down or say it was confirmed or whatever sure. but if you watch the movie with that in mind and i'll tell you exactly where it is so right when he's in the beginning of the film when he's doing the mock 10.10.0 whatever it is and then he hits mock 10.5 and then he ejects now, I'm not the kind of person who's going to sit here and say, like, you know, oh, that guy would have died if he had done this and that in a you movie. Mean, I'm you're not, not Neil deGrasse Tyson. Neil I'm not going to be persnickety <laughs> about, like, you know, things yeah. like that. Like, I, I watch Fast and Furious movies all the time and I don't question stuff. Um, but if, a, if somebody ejected themselves out of an air, uh, out of a plane at that speed, they would be eviscerated. Like, it sure. would, it, like your, your body wouldn't <laughs> yes. even like it wouldn't the, even. I think but, the argument but, would be that they had developed an ejection system that made it safe sort of thing. Like, I think not you could a 10.5. You could argue way around it. You're like, okay, but Kevin, it was just a little push. Push. Right. So, okay. So so the theory is this. So that, so if you actually watch that scene, it goes to black. And then the next shot is him showing up in that small town, asking for that water at the, at the, at the bar. And that kid's looking at him. If we watch the movie thinking that the rest of it's a dream and it'll blow your mind because think about it. Everything is perfectly in place. Penny is owns the bar. She's the the, the old uh, uh, older friend that he, you know, loved but mm-hmm. never had a chance to stay with. And now she's back in his life. And and there's also the, you know, the redemption story of Rooster and and, and being able to like, for oh, the mission. Yeah. And it's all like beautiful. Like, it, like and honestly, it it. Because I love the Penny storyline. I think it's so brilliant. I thought Jennifer Connelly was so great in that. Um, but it, it it does feel dreamlike. It feels 
I, I'm and telling you. When Ed Harris tells him that he's going to Top Gun, he calls, he says, your guardian angel is yes. uh, the one who interferes. Oh. Dude, I'm telling you, and then this is not my theory. I can't remember who made this up, but it, cool. if you if you watch the film under that mindset, I'm not saying it's true. It actually does play very interestingly, very similar to the tar theory yeah. about the ghost aspect of it. There's but Kaczynski, I think I don't think he turned it down. I think he said it's a it's one of those things you can think directors about. Directors love to say, yeah, 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 hey, yeah. Listen, it's open to any interpretation. Yeah, I just yeah. thought about like what would be sense. my moment of like what would be my my watershed moment of like where I start dreaming. And do you guys remember our, our the, when we had Alfonso Cuarón the very for the very first time for Roma? Do you guys remember yeah. that I almost you slept overslept. through it? I overslept yeah. through it I, almost to the point where like I almost missed the interview. Yeah, and I just I remember that minutes because I was sleeping. What if like. What if I'm just, what if the, this, the if whole crazy sleeping. turn, this whole crazy turn that real blend has taken is just, a, is just and, I'm, and I'm like actually still about to wake up and be like, oh guys, I just that had the craziest dream. That yeah, was your you mock town and, 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 yeah. and then, and then I'm like throwing out names. I'm like, and then one day we were in London and we interviewed Tom Hanks, but it was after we interviewed James Cameron, but then before we, we interviewed and then ever, and then there was this pandemic thing and everything just got crazy. You got but Nolan also to say uh, Dunkirk. <laughs> yeah, no one said Dunkirk, but Denzel Washington's son told him he didn't commit. <laughs> but also remember, uh, think about the Kilm- think about the Kilmer scene. That's yeah. like that that om- that feels like I, one of those yeah. moments. Again, again, I, I think that's I'm just not, that's the kind of movie it is. It's supposed. Yeah. I'm it's, not it's saying life every right. every shot was in the golden hour. Yeah, I, that's I'm just telling the kind you, of movie it's it Gaga sings from the heavens. I mean, that's most of my dreams. The boat scene. I mean, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. It's interesting theory. It's interesting. I I think it's fair to think whatever you want about a movie. For me, if he came out and said, yeah, he died and everything was a dream, cuts the movie in half for me. Just I don't. I, I disagree. No, I'm saying for me. I'm saying for me. Cuts the movie in half. I think it's. it's I, just would, like, I would just would choose not to believe it in the, exactly. in the same way that like I choose exactly. not to believe half of what Star Wars crap comes out these Here's days. The right. Um, right. Yeah, I caught up on Andor. I understand. Boil boy. Right. Right. Boil boy. Star Wars is back. <laughs> it turns out if you just if you just simplify things and go okay they're Nazis we're fighting Nazis yes. you make a great story and bring Andy Circus into the film. yes yes because hot Wait, damn be good. Sean I want you to watch Top Gun again with that with that thought tell me yeah, what you think I will I it's actually sure, kind of it, it actually kind of makes it fun like it's, I want it's, to yeah. I want to point out that that from what we understand Joseph Kaczynski listens to the show so yeah, yeah. so Joe go, let us know man just drop us a DM and say whether this is accurate or not. Please yeah. tell us it's not accurate. Sure. I really don't want to hear that it's oh, accurate. Sure. I, I, part of what we love about Top Gun is that it 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 there's a like subtext of nostalgia about the storytelling. Mm-hmm. I think is why it's so popular. Right. It's it's a classic classic blockbuster structure. That story. Before we um, move on, I, I got to mention. I think arguably the biggest surprise of the night was RRR not winning uh, uh, non English language film. I I, I I thought that was oh, shocking. It lost to uh, Argentina. It lost to Argentina. Yeah. Which again. I don't think that's a category that like a lot of people were paying attention to, like outside of like film nerds like us. But like RRR really has taken a huge leap in this award season. It's mm-hmm. everywhere. People mm-hmm. were seeing it in but IMAX. Keep in mind, it's not going to be nominated at the Oscars for uh, uh, for, for non-English language. Not eligible? It, because it was oh, not. The country didn't. The country yeah, didn't yeah, choose yeah, it. Right? Yeah. India oh. did not choose it. Oh, did not submit wow. it. So so it will yeah. not win. It will not be nominated for. Crazy. Now, now granted, it could still be picture. nominated for. It could be nominated Best for picture. picture, for director, yeah. for song, for it could be nominated yeah. for everything else except international feature. 
I do want to tell people out there if you haven't seen it, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's 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 it, it's a one in a kind experience. I've never seen anything like it before in my life. The song which won last night at the Golden Globes is great. Uh, it, it, it is it's just unlike anything I've ever seen before. You're talking about dancing and singing and insane action and crazy CGI. Um, it's kind of like one of those really crazy, like incredible action films that you just would never expect to see. It is insane. Um, and I recommend seeing it if you haven't had a chance. But right now, I'm telling you, I keep hearing that that in, that could surprise a lot of people. That could get a nomination for Best Picture. It really could. People love that movie. We could get up to 10. You never yeah. know. They, yeah. they could go as high as 10 if they wanted to. They tend yeah. to go around like seven or eight, I think, the past couple of years. But we shall well, see right. how that all shakes out. I think it's January 24th when mm-hmm. the Oscars Ta- get announced. So timestamp this right now. It's January 11th. Best Picture winner. I got to go with question everything everywhere all at once still. Yeah, I'm still I'm still going to lean. Though keep in mind at this point last year none of us were considering Coda. Yeah, it's true. Uh, that's the problem. We have too much time. There's too much time now for things to change. Mm-hmm. This is what happened to we'll like do our official. We'll do yeah. our official predictions closer to the show for sure. I just yeah. like to tell you yeah. where we are. Are we going to do punishments this year? Oh yeah. Ooh, we have to call them that. That seems I mean, the Very way Jake, 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 Jake takes it really mean, like, like, no, very didn't, I, didn't I give you Big Bang Theory? Yeah. 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 But after yeah. you put Human Centipede 4 in my eyes. That's true. No, because then the year before, I think I made you watch. Okay. So I think I've won it three times because I think I, <laughs> I think I made you guys watch Human Centipede. And then Kevin, I think I made you watch Lost. And then I made and you I watch Big Bang Theory. Yeah. At this point, I'm just making you guys watch things that I love. Yeah, <laughs> it's better. That's better. All right. When did we do uh, the when did we do the uh, the burger bet? Was that the first year we did this? Someone had to buy oh some gosh. like dinner for everybody. Had to buy. Oh, a, yeah, that's right. Shake Shack or whatever. That's a little, more, I, that's a little more rewarding, I think, is that yeah. the loser should buy, you know, lunch. Or dinner well, in the last couple of years, I think it was more. Uh, uh, we had no opportunity to be in the same yeah. city buying each other burgers. Right. <laughs> also, <laughs> side note, have we thought about maybe like asking Tom Hanks if they'll want to do like we should do like a Q&A screening with him for Road to Perdition hosted by Real Blend? We can well, have that, we can I mean, have that discussion off air. I don't want to give too many uh, ideas away. I we mean, one of, of his movies that, does turn 25 this year. Couple things Which cooking. one? Uh, yeah, well, we'll talk. We'll talk about we'll we'll it. We'll, we'll, yeah. yeah. okay. yeah. we'll talk about it. All right. In the meantime, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with uh, this week in movies. And we are back. Okay, so this week we have uh, two movies Plain with Gerard Butler uh, opening, which is just a hilarious title uh, for a movie. It's so weird. We're going to have a next week, we're going to have um, the folks behind the sequel to Searching. Uh, called Missing. And uh, just to speak as somebody who runs a movie website who relies on things like SEO and search terms, uh, these one word titles are awful. Like the, the <laughs> title plain is really, really bad. I actually like, I think it's a great title. Well, dude, it's funny, but like, you know, but, like next week's title missing is so hard to, I mean, I know you could just put like missing movie kind of thing, but yeah, like, yeah. or yeah. But something even, that stands out. To, to double down on that, even just like discussing movies like that internally with like a team is like uh, something, something, the missing interview. And they're like, what interview is missing? We're missing an interview. <laughs> Someone forgot anything. Also, yeah. like with I, I interviewed Butler for plane and, I, and I, I, I said to him, I was like, you know, because I asked him basically like, you know, it's a great direct title that explains what the movie is. Like, what are some of your favorite movie titles? And when he started listing off like great one title words, I'm like, he's 100 percent right. Speed, flight, 
earthquake, yeah. volcano, Jaws, uh, Jaws, Jaws, Joker. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, like it, there's so many. For some reason, plane just struck a chord and people Finch. gave it a lot of Finch. Yeah, Finch. I mean, like, like, <laughs> Finch, Finch facts. There's a lot of one title <laughs> movies, but for some reason when plane hit, it was kind of like a, it just felt goofier. But I actually think. I think it's I actually think it's memorable and great. I love that kind of, I love that title. It's all, I mean Flight. Zemeckis' movie was called Flight. I love that movie. I mean, so do I, but it's called Flight. It's a great movie with Denzel. And speed. And so there's, you know, it, it it's been, been like it. that for a long time. I get it. All right. Um coming to the, both theatrical and also HBO Max at the same time is a remake of the uh, when was House Party? Was it in the nineties? The original House Party? Um I don't think it was the eighties. Was it not the eighties? Let, Let me check. Might be the late eighties. House Party is coming. This has been 1990. It's yep. been weird the because um, it's it's uh, shot in the 80s. It, it has a uh, weird sort of uh, symbiosis with the NBA. And from what I understand, I don't know a whole heck of a lot about this movie, but I think I think it takes place. It's supposed to take place Le- in LeBron's house. LeBron James. Like LeBron produced James it, yeah. yeah. House. He's a producer on it. Yeah. But there has been like zero promotion for this movie like i haven't i don't think i've seen a trailer or a commercial or anything for it and it's and limited theatrical right is it getting a wide theatrical release i dude i have no idea i don't it's know hbo either. max it could be canceled by the time it uh <laughs> true it's, yeah. coming it's actually gonna release on discovery plus by we get to friday yeah. <laughs> we haven't had a chance to see it um but if you want to check it out again theatrical um uh, probably limited and then uh on hbo max as well too for you guys to stream so instead we're going to send everybody to go see the new tom hanks film as we've discussed at length uh, with the man himself uh, a man called otto and i will turn it over to our resident uh, tom hanks expert to tell us what he felt about uh, a man called otto jakey take it away uh, i really genuinely loved this movie and was also incredibly surprised by how profound and moving it was and you know you should ne- you should never use uh a mark marketing to determine how you feel about the movie because it's not the movie's fault however it is marketed but when i think in, in this in a similar way that happened with finch actually um but i really finch feel facts. like the marketing finch facts hashtag finch facts but i really feel like the marketing for auto is kind of this like Hey, come see Tom Hanks be a grumpy old man. He's entering the grumpy old man phase of his career. And isn't that funny? He's mean to people and just sort of like, okay, like, I mean, I'm still in, but like, cool. Like, looks cute. January release, you know? And then within the first 15 minutes of the movie, I went, oh, this is, this is not that. I mean, there are just some things that, that he does that you just go, this is not the movie. I thought they, they, they did not put that shot in the trailer. They did not put that shot in the, you know, um, But that being said, it's a very real, raw, honest look at a man's uh, attempt to deal with grief. And uh, I I think it yes, there are sweet, cute, fun moments that that to a degree are, are hinted at in the trailer. But I think the movie that you're getting is going to surprise you by how. Here's what I'll tell you. Whenever I saw the trailer, I thought, oh, that's interesting that Tom Hanks would choose to do that. Like, it doesn't seem like that would be much of a challenge 
for him in terms of like stretching his his acting muscles. And then when I saw the film, I go, that's the movie he signed on for. That's the script that he read. That's the role that made him go, I can do something with it. It made so much more sense to me after I saw the film because I saw a layered story. I saw a layered character. I saw him put himself through things that I've never seen him do uh, on film before. Um, and and look, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker. I'm an easy target. I'm fishing a barrel when it comes to to emotional Tom Hanks films. So it probably means nothing to, to anyone listening to say that, like, I got emotional at the end. But I, th- I genuinely felt like it was very real and earned emotion. So I, I very much loved this film. Um, and when crafting my top 10 list for 2022, you know, the hardest picks are never one, two, three, four and five. The hardest picks are always seven, eight, nine, because you've got about five or six, seven different movies you want to squeeze in. And auto was very much in that conversation for me. It didn't make my top 10, but it was very much in a way of like, God, I wish I could find a way to squeeze it into my top 10 because I really, it really did uh, affect me in a lot of ways. Have the same. Yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic. And, and, you know, more Forrester is somebody that, you know, you, it's interesting because like based on the trailers, like Jake said, the, the tone of it, was very different and then but if you look at mark forrester's career it, it does match tonally with what the movie ends up being i mean he's a 100%. really great dramatic director finding neverland um i love that movie stranger than fiction was that will ferrell right it was, mm-hmm. that was that was great and it's um, awesome yeah and i think you know one thing i like about this film a lot you know and, and this is something i we talked about in my tv interview with tom hanks was about these these smaller details of a character that are really fascinating that lend to you like what you're going to learn about somebody. So when the film opened, I didn't know what we were dealing with in terms of the grief and kind of what is going on with his life and what happened with his wife and things like that. But you start to gauge all of that based on little things like his like you see him wearing a wedding ring that might not fit. It's too big for his finger. Like he's lost weight. His clothes don't fit him right. Um, and these are all like things that subconsciously hit you and you start building the story because before they tell you kind of what's going on, you are kind of almost coming up with the narrative yourself, which is a really interesting way to play with audience immersion, um, especially if you've only watched the trailer and you don't really know the, the cycle that he's going through. Also, one of the things I love about the film is just the the message it has about you know, when you open your door to people, you never know how they're going to change your life. And um, we get in our heads a lot. We think that, you know, everything is this way or that way. And then you meet people who have different lives that completely give you a different perspective on things. And I think at the same time, you know, Hanks is such a famous person, but he still has the ability to disappear in his roles. Um, He becomes Otto. I mean, like, it's a great character. It's really well-rounded. It's really well-directed. The cast is incredible. Everybody in this film, not just Hanks, everybody is delivering great performances. And I think um, a lot of people, what's interesting to me, and I'm wondering how this is going to affect the marketing or how well the film does. So everyone keeps coming to me saying that they've read this book Mm -hmm. and and it was a 2012 Swedish book. I think it was called A Man Called Uve. Or I don't mm-hmm. want to mispronounce it, but then there was a Swedish film called mm-hmm. that in 2015. Right. Um, and so I think people are like, I'm gathering that a lot of people were finding out, wait a second, that's the, that's wait, a man called auto was based on that book that I read. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And like now they're putting the pieces together. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, Mark Forster really delivers great films. He always kind of really has, man, I don't love world war Z that much, but 
I think that he Finding Neverland is a masterpiece. Finding Neverland's great. Um, it's and, and this is definitely uh, this is not an easy film. It's definitely uh, a very real, grounded, very heavy at times, very also fun. I mean, like like in our Tom Hanks interview, we did a whole bit about driving stick, but like and that's actually a really great scene in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's like a comedic moment mixed within all the drama and and the tra- and the trauma that the character is dealing with. Um, it's really dark. There's some dark stuff in there, like some shots that are kind of like really horrifying to see, especially Tom Hanks do them. Um, so it, I, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was really well done. Surprisingly, not it was not the movie that the trailers were led, leading you on to believe. It's a very different film and and, and it's better for it, in my opinion. That's Agreed. exactly where I want to start, is that I was just pleasantly surprised that it wasn't the movie that was sold in the trailers, right, which right. seemed like it was going to be a schmaltzy, uh, you know, soft yeah. Uh, pull its punches, you know, type of Tom Hanks, as, as Jake mentioned, Tom Hanks, you know, being the grumpy old man. Right. Um, and it's not, as the boys have mentioned, it offers so much more to that. Um, what I find really fascinating about it is that not just with Tom Hanks, but so many of these other actors who we've grown up with are now um, getting to a point where they're taking on uh, roles that are more age appropriate for them. And, and how are they going to continue to challenge themselves with material? And you see someone like Harrison Ford. Uh, heading over to television to do, you know, a Western in the Yellowstone sort of genre. And you see also his new Apple show, a quick sidebar is one of the best performances of his career. Get out of here. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, This is with uh, Harrison Ford, with him and Jason uh, Segel. Really? Shrinking? Yeah. Is that what yes, it's called? Shrinking? It is. He is oh, wow. phenomenal. No kidding. That's yeah. good to hear. I didn't even yeah. know that was out. Is that out already? Uh, not yet. I think it comes out next week. Are they oh, doing press cool. for it? Uh, they did it before years in. Oh, did you do it? Yeah, but Ford didn't. Ford didn't do it. Oh, but, Siegel, um, but yeah. Siegel did. Yeah. They, 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 from what I understand, they were surprised that like he agreed to do to do it, right? But it's Bill Lawrence. I think it's Bill Lawrence who did Scrubs yes. and Ted Lasso. Yeah, and all, and also uh, 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 the guy who um, is sort of the grumpy guy in Ted Lasso is also one of the showrunners. Roy Kent. Uh, Roy Kent. Roy Kent is one of the uh, showrunners. I'm in. Achilles. I'm so, yeah. yeah, Hercules. 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 Yeah. Hercules. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail. I apologize. Oh my God. <laughs> Kev, were you so happy that Hercules was part of the. There were, okay, oh, really quick for the Eddie Murphy. There was a lot of Norbit in that Eddie Murphy tribute. There well, was also there, a lot of Nutty Professor. His most I, culturally I, relevant film. But like, there was like, they, I feel like they barely touched on his 80s stuff. But they did but have they went a fart. Heavy they did into, have yeah. this thing. <laughs> they did. They did have Okay, but like, Nutty Professor, I'm okay with. But like, there was so much Norbit in that Eddie Murphy tribute. I'm sorry, we went off the rails. I'm oh, sorry, Sean. Well, that is, after the fart, the grandma goes, somebody call my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that scene is, um, is I, well, I also want to mention. I Tom um, Hanks listening to our auto review and then just his uh, face sorry, as we yeah. like go off. He's like sitting next to a fireplace. He's got a drink. He's like typewritering. Typewritering. Whatever that word. Using a typewriter. What's the person in court? No, the person in court. Who's the person in court? Stenographer. Stenographer. Well done. Well done. Also, I know this is off the word off the rails here. I want to shout out the montage they did for Ryan Murphy. Oh my gosh, the Ryan Murphy thing was fantastic. I was blown away by, like, for people who maybe skipped there and are tuning into the show later, we were talking about the Golden Globes earlier, and they did a tribute to Ryan Murphy. And, you know, I know Ryan Murphy, I know the shows he's involved in American Horror Story and all these things, but good, like, his career, that 
montage. Like that was unbelievable. It was probably one of the best. I, I had never seen. I didn't know he was involved in all that. I and had his no idea. Amazing. All the different people that he had affected and like uh, yeah. and then man I felt like the whole night like it was like six degrees of Ryan Murphy everybody there mm-hmm. was somehow tied to him in some way the, and the Billy Porter's introduction to him was incredible that Dude, was insane that why I love that speech is because he got up there and didn't do the laundry list of right it wasn't about agents. him he brought yeah. up every person he worked with but then like knew he's like this person is from Orlando Florida and they got through mm-hmm. this and I was like it was just so beautiful. Yeah. So I wanted to mention yeah. that earlier during the Golden yeah. Globe Shadow. That whole segment was, was fantastic. All right. Side yeah. note. Yeah. 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 Side note. Back around to Tom Hanks and a man called Otto. Uh, I, I echo everything the guy said. It's really terrific. It's much better than the trailers suggest. Um, it's still a hard film to market. I understand what, why sure. Sony was up against the wall because it's far more dramatic um, and dark, as the guys have said, uh, that going into it. But um, it's great to see Tom Hanks continuing to sort of um, challenge himself taking on uh, complicated roles like this. And I, I do want to emphasize too, that there is a element to the film that tells the backstory of Otto, uh, which is very important oh, to yeah. where he is. And it's Tom Hanks, son who is playing the younger version of Otto. Truman? I, I think it's terrific casting. Well, it's not Chet. I think it's terrific casting. Mm. Um, and is, I was so invested in that backstory. Um, and a lot of times those scenes are included just for like, you know, not gimmicky, but like, but you he have was to cram great. Some narrative in it. That subplot was fantastic. Oh, I was that so whole train scene was incredible. Like, yeah, like the, no, bus. the book. Bu- oh, oh, the, oh, oh, the, oh, yeah. Okay, no, there's a bus later. There's a bus later. Yeah, the bus is yeah. later, but the train scene and the like and like. Also, like one of the things I love about that film, uh, I want to mention Thomas Newman's score. Right? Didn't Thomas yeah. Newman score the film? And uh, like, because Newman did Road to, Perdition, Road to Perdition, and he also and Green he also did Green Mile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're if you're a score person. Uh, I didn't, uh, Hanks is like loves scores and like he, he told me a great story about when he got to sit down and listen to James Horner's score for Apollo 13 for the first oh, time wow. and what it was like to hear that Ron Howard's film set to Horner's music and he said nowadays he doesn't even watch his films until the score's done wow. um, because he doesn't because he wants it to be a part of it but like Thomas Newman's score and again like when you when you have a a history with a composer like that, someone who really gets you, even though the performances and the characters are different, but you go, you look at road to British and green mile and, and, and this, you know, he's an incredible composer. It's also a really, really great part of the film as well. Like the movie is really well done. Like it's well directed, well scored, well written, well acted, well, you know, it is, it is really great. And I, I, I think people will really enjoy it. This is the uh, point of the show where we normally transition into the blend game. Uh, there's no blend game this week as we were not here in order to announce uh, last week what this week's game is going to be. But next week, uh, just to set it up for you guys, we're going to be discussing our most anticipated movies of the year. Um, Gabe, one? Can we do three? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, we, you guys on the show, we're going to be discussing, I think we usually do your top five and then I round it to what Real Blend's top five is. Uh, But we want to hear from the people. For the sake of the blend game, just send us your, your number one most anticipated. All right, and here's how we're going to do this for you guys. Uh, hashtag most anticipated 2023 uh, and then tag at real blend for us. So we're not going to put uh, blend into the hashtag. <laughs> it just got to be too unwieldy. So it's hashtag most anticipated 2023 and then tag at real blend. Or, of course, you can send us your pick uh, at real blend uh, at cinema blend dot com. We're throwing something in. 
Well, uh, not at real. Yes, yes. Sorry. Realblend.cinemablend.com. Yeah, yeah, so realblend.cinemablend.com for sure. Right. I should all have that bookmark by it. We should be in your address. Book. Yeah, and if you're just finding us, go back and listen to any of our older interviews. Like we, we've been around for four plus years now. And uh, if you're just if like you just came to our show because of this Tom Hanks interview or maybe Del Toro, you got locked on with recently. Um, just go back in our catalog. We have a lot of it on YouTube. Uh, obviously, it's all up on on iTunes and Spotify and things like that. But uh, yeah, go back, take a take a listen to our older stuff before we uh, got semi polished is where we Just are now. Don't, yeah, don't go too far back. <laughs> yeah. Is this, our, like uh, is this our fifth season? Would you say this is our fifth season? Yeah, I think yeah, that sounds so. right. Was it on season five? It was twenty. Is this season our five? first year? I, I thought it was the end of twenty seventeen. Right, the year. The COVID year is like a wash. No, the 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 COVID years. We're still in the we're still in the COVID years. Yeah, that's that's like true, true. Yeah. it was like a red shirt, a red shirt year for. Uh, we do. That was the athletes. year we got we got uh, Nolan. I can't yeah, so, red shirt. Wait, uh, did we? St- I think we started end of twenty seven in the twenty eighteen. Well, no, well, no, then, no, 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 no. Beginning of twenty eighteen. So it was our first episode, right. our welcome to the show was January eighth, twenty eighteen. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Star that was a blend. That was our first. That was no. That was our. Yeah, I guess we would have been awards blend. So wait, this is season six. Five. 2018, Wait, so 2018, 2019, 19, 20, 20, 21, 21, 22, oh yeah. 23. Season, season six. six. Wow. God, someone's got to die by the end. Our first Ow. review. Tim's not it. Star Wars The Last Jedi. Oh, really? No, no, We did shows. I think we did award shows in December before that about like the award season before we came on to real blend. So I kind think. of like we're like the Simpsons. Like we were a part of the Tracy Ullman did. show for a while. And then we became the Simpsons. No, I, mean, I have the original email when Sean actually Sean asked me to be a part yeah, of the No, book. no. Yeah. I mean, our, our welcome to the show for awards, blend number one, welcome to the show was, was January. Wow. Which the beginning of the year. Wow. We were Amazing. conceptualizing it in December. We had gotten together and planned and maybe we did some rough ones or something like that. Maybe that's what you think. You know? All right. So in the meantime, yeah. if you want to follow us on social media, we are at Jake's takes. Oh, did you uh, did you plug the TV. premium premium returns on Monday? Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, yes. The next premium episode, we're going to be doing the this is a fun one. We're going to be doing the results of oh. the uh, 2022 fantasy draft. Now, this is this took place so long ago. Yeah, about a year I, ago. I hardly I even remember, remember that we, we picked that we did it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Gabe is really so, excited about this. So Monday, the episode that's going to drop is going to be all of our results. We're going to go through everyone's pick round by round and sort of reveal the scores as we go. I think we'll be fun. Um, and then we'll do the draft for this year. The week following is the plan. Oh, God. Um, but I might have some change ups. I might do some different things. This was the first time we did it last year. So we we might have some other ways of. Um, of handling it, but it's uh, I will say I've I, I have to do another sweep to make sure none of the scores have changed. But it is incredibly close race for the, Ex- this one. Extremely loud. Did you guys as well? It's well, I'm going to be screaming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you guys place a bet on this? Is there a. I don't, did, I don't think I remember. No. Not well, maybe before we record tomorrow, we'll we'll think of a wager. Oh, nice. I don't remember if we did. I'll go back and see. Who, whoever loses has to host Sean's book Q and A. Uh, you're I both mean, on the hook for those. Both doing that. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, Gabe, Gabe, you want to? Yeah, Gabe has to come do my DC one if if, if I if I win or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode, and again, that premium that Gabe mentioned drops on Monday. So until then. Hockey pads and Hubie and Oppenheimer and Dunkirk. Louis Leterrier. <laughs> what? <laughs> like the guy who did the Incredible Hulk? 
Yeah, he directs yes. Fast X this year. Oh, I oh. forgot. <laughs> Louis oh, Leterrier. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.